0: Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Yeah, buddy. Hey, I'm just a little excited, but I'm telling you what. I got to stay in the light. All right, if I get out of the light, bad things happen, which is a good spiritual lesson in and of itself. That's free. You let God process that in you. But hey, so my name is Blake, and I get to share some word with you today. I'm super jazzed. I hope you are too. Uh, I often like to say, if you start sleeping on me, I'll come preach from your lap. But uh, that's not going to happen today. It's a hot mic up here. So anywho. Hey, if you have your Bibles, that's good. It will bless you if you read them. (laughs) Um, Hey, seriously though, so about uh, the 1st of February, February 2nd, my daughter's in uh, pre-K, Viv, and uh, she starts talking to us because her teacher is talking to her. Do you guys have kids in school? Oh my goodness. Anything that the teacher, and I was a teacher for like a decade, and now I'm an administrator. You know, and you realize your words carry weight, but it's like if Miss Kathy has said it, it's like gospel truth, I mean, like like Jesus comes in there, and he's a great guy to, to Viv, and Viv loves Jesus, but if Myth Cathy says it, and Jesus says something different, we're really going to have to process it together, because I don't know what's going to happen. Well, anyhow, Groundhog Day was coming up, all right? That, you know the furry little rodent that sees a shadow, and then, then he's, he's the furry prophet from Pennsylvania. <laughs> not to be confused with Randy Clark. He's not as furry, Right? But anyhow, so Viv is talking to us about Groundhog Day and talking to us. And we're like, oh, baby, we got to get up. And so Sunday morning, Groundhog Day, February 2nd, we get a video. I haven't watched a video of a groundhog coming out of a stump in a long time. And it was as riveting as it sounds, right? No. But anyhow, so we see it and we talk about it. And like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie with Bill Murray. Not endorsed by Jesus, but I've watched it. All right. It's one of those things. Pat, it was before God, right? I'm too holy now to watch it. Unless it's on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? No. <laughs> but so, like, I'm like remembering this movie. And if you haven't seen it, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it too bad for you. But, but his day keeps happening over, over and over and over and over. Okay? And, and if you can imagine, um, God started to speak to me about that. Uh, because how many of you guys know, like, a lot of our days can look the exact same way? You get up, you get a shower. If you don't get a shower, maybe you're a night shower, but if you're if you're not showering, it's something you could start doing. It's a, it's a blessed thing, right? Holiness, cleanliness is next to godliness or something. I don't know. All right. We're not streaming this service, so I can say stuff like that. <laughs> We're not, right? No, plain. <laughs> so like, but like a lot of your day is you get up. And you do the same thing you did the day before, right? And it might look a little bit different because we're in southern Illinois, so one day it'll be like 19 degrees, and the other day it'll be 50. So, like, that'll be different, but a lot of what we do is the same. And so I started to, like, I started to, to I don't know, God started to speak about that because this time of year, you know, the, I don't know if it's a low light of winter or whatever, but you can get into doldrums. If you, I mean, maybe you don't, all right? You're like, I'm always flying high, brother. At least i you know, at least when I'm talking to my church group. No, but, but like, um, so, like, you can get into these ruts, right? It's a real thing. And, uh, I, and I started to like feel from the Lord that the rut was happening. And, and so like I, I go back to Jesus, I'm like, Jesus, what's my deal? Why am I feeling the doldrums? Why am I feeling the rut? And I'm gonna tell you what, every time I ask that question of Jesus, it's the same answer. I've stopped spending time with him. I've stopped spending the level of time that I need to with him because you know what guess what guess what I can punch my Bible time with Jesus real easy that's not an effort it's become a habit right but how many of you guys know if we're just doing it in the form and the function of it then we're in a real good religion but remember religion is form without power and what I need to go through my life impacting the world is actually power from heaven the world doesn't need any more lifeless religion they got a whole bunch of it. I don't need any more lifeless religion. The lost person out on the street doesn't need me bound up in lifeless religion. He could care less if I punched my time card with Jesus if I'm a jerk. Come on, somebody. But I believe that there is a power in heaven that actually transforms me, that I can walk in love and in power even if someone else is being a jerk. Come on, spending time in the presence with God takes my, takes my high value, the things that I attain to be, and produces a core value in me that actually matches the high value of heaven. But it happens when I spend time in his presence, right? I, I, I am not good enough of my own self-will just to make it happen. And if I do, guess what? I'm going to be grumpy about it because I'm working, I'm working real hard to love you. Oh, I feel real love, brother. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Oh, goodness. But see, that's what happened. And I begin to realize I got to spend time with him. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? But then hashtag life, right? Hashtag my baby was up at four. Well, hashtag my baby was up at two and four. Winning. No. Come on, somebody. Sometimes I make so many excuses for my flesh, I get sick of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like let's just, let's, but what am I going to prioritize? I got to make a decision. Am I going to prioritize my time with Jesus? Oh, because I have the choice. Every single one of us, what's Deuteronomy say? It says, choose this day. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. But you got a choice. Every single moment of the day, choice. And it's powerful. And it's a gift from heaven. I can choose to walk out the door right now. It would be weird. And then Kevin would have to pick up the slack, and he would, and it'd be great. It would be awkward, I think. But I have that choice. I am consciously choosing to stay up here and keep talking. And you're consciously choosing to stay and listen, so thank you. (laughs) But so here I was. And I was like, oh... Yeah, the reason that it feels mundane, the reason that I feel like I'm going in the same path and the same thing day in and day out is because I haven't made a choice to spend more time with the source. Come on, somebody. When you brew it down... When you make the kombucha with Jesus, at the end of the day, come on somebody, at the end of the day, time spent with him, that's where it is, letting him download into your heart. I'm going to tell you something. I grew up in a church, and I've shared this before, but my, the church that I went to, it, was not, it wasn't what you would call like a spiritual gift church, right? We didn't believe in laying on hands in the sense and people falling out, that, that God would come and heal the sick. I mean like we would say, if it's his will. God could heal you. Maybe. Maybe. How many of you know God? <laughs> Come on. You don't have to ask God if it's his will to heal the sick. He died that by your, his stripes you may be healed. That is his heart. You don't have to beg God. God, please, if it be your will. Listen, that sounds good and religious. But my God is beyond religion. He's bigger than that. He's all about relationship and presence with you. Okay, so get your Bibles out. We got to get into the Word somewhere. Let's go to Exodus 33. We're going to roll it Old Testament. Woo! <laughs> Exodus 33, verse 7. If you're going there, I will too. <laughs> oh, goodness. So I was telling you guys, I grew up in this church that um, was great people, right? Great people are everywhere. There's not a perfect church. There's not a church that gets it all right. Why? Because it's full of people. We're not going to get it all right. There's not a parent that gets it all right. There's not a kid that gets it all right. There's not a boss. There's not a worker. There's not a dollar general checker that gets it all right. Now, why you all praising more for that one than anything? No. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we, we don't. On the daily, I'm going to make mistakes. It's God. I'm not trying to prophesy mistakes, but I'm telling you, every day I need grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to enable me to move beyond where I was yesterday. I am not going to do it in my own strength, but with the oh come on, with the impartation of Holy Spirit, we all can move forward. But that's where it takes. But see, it's not one of those things I can, just, I can just conjure in the moment. Come on, somebody. It's something that we spend time in the presence that then flows out of us. So I grew up in this church, and, like, Holy Spirit was not, it wasn't the, it wasn't the primary focus, right? You would talk about the Spirit of the Lord, but, like, seeing the manifestation, seeing the gifts of the Spirit happening, that wasn't what was going on. Not a stone, just, an, just a description. So I was about 17 years old, and I was living Revelously, all right? Not, I, 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 but I played church. Come on, somebody. I could sit in a pew as good as anybody and live how I wanted to. Oh, no. He can't talk about that. We're in church. Keep it holy, brother. You can make that choice. But guess what? I got that result, too. I got the result of feeling empty inside. I got the result about feeling bad about myself. I got all those results. Well, anyhow, we were me and some of, uh, some of my buddies were we were, we were partying, and uh, guess what happened? I encountered Jesus. Come on, I had grown up in church. I had grown up in church, and it was until I was living like a crazy man out in the world. that didn't. Jesus didn't break in in the same way. Now I'm not saying go live as a crazy man in the world, but I'm just here to tell you that no matter where you're at, Jesus can break through. You're never too far gone for Jesus. No bar is too dark. No workplace is too bad. No nation is too far away for the Spirit of God not to reach in and to grab you right there or grab anybody right there. And so instead of picking up a stone of judgment about the old dirty sinner, let's pick up the heart of God and love the hell out of him. Come on, somebody. I'm just saying. My God is not scared of anybody's sin. He wasn't scared of my sin. He's not scared of your sin. He's not scared of their sin. But you know what he is? What he is full of? Love to cover it. Come on, somebody. And that's the heart of God that we, as we spend time in his presence, grows in us. Come on, somebody. And if your heart is more to pick up a stone, then I'm claiming, let's let's punch the time clock and spend some time with Jesus. Because maybe you're more of an issue to him than they are. Oh, ow. I stepped on my own toes. <laughs> Seventeen years old. I know we're going to Exodus thirty-three, but I gotta finish this story. <laughs> so we're partying, and Jesus breaks in, in a major way, guys. I, I, okay, now remember, I came from a church where spiritual. If somebody, somebody, okay, it's on the books. If somebody starts to speak in tongues, they should be escorted out of the building. That's level. All right, I mean, it's clear, it's written, all right? So keep your tongue talking to a minimum there. (laughs) Yeah. So so that's where you say it's under the breath in worship, right? Don't manifest outwardly, no, pull back. All right, but that's what I grew up in. It's not a stone, it's a truth. And, uh, And so here I am, I'm hanging out with my boys, and God smotes me. I'm using an Old Testament word because it was a smoting. It was a good old-fashioned smoting. All right, I'm talking to you. He laid me out. But you weren't in church. Nope. But you weren't worshiping him. Yup. He broke in, laid me out. I had a vision from heaven. I mean like Paul style, like you're called up and I'm seeing the face of Jesus and he's breaking some stuff down for me. And he showed me. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not special. God's no respecter of person. I mean, I'm special to him, right? And it's probably to my mom and to my wife. But like, you know, definitely my grandma and my wife. But so anyhow, I'm just telling you the people that I know I'm special to. All right? I, I can check my notes if there's more on my list. No, i will play. But anyhow, like God breaks in. And see, if he'll break in for me, The book of Romans says he's no respecter of persons. He'll break in for you. Now, I wasn't living in a way that was inviting an experience with God. But I'm claiming as we get into this word, you can live in a way that invites an experience with God. Come on, somebody. You can hear a testimony of God breaking into somebody's house and then somebody's heart. And it can be your heart. So I'm sitting there and like Jesus breaks in. And like he tells me some stuff. He calls me to speak his word. He, he shows me uh, the path I'm on and where it ends uh, versus if, if I make some different choices. I come out of it, and I'm just crying. I'm weeping. Now I was at a party. <laughs> now listen, there are a lot of things I could have done at that party, and it would not have freaked anybody out. But weeping and talking about how Jesus is real was not on the list. I'm just telling you, it wasn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't do the Cribs notes to check if it was okay. I just, I just came out of my experience with God, and I knew he was real. I came out of my experience with God, and nobody could take it away from me. I came out of my encounter with God, and I knew the path I was choosing was not the path I was going to continue on. If I wanted to have peace, and I wanted to live in truth, come on, somebody. Let's go to Exodus 33. Now, Moses.
1: Somebody say Moses.
0: Moses. This feels good to say his name, right? Old Testament story. How often do we get to say Moses? All right. Used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door. And watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. Now, verse 9. Now, watch this. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud. Now, remember... When the Israelites were out in the wilderness, they were led by a pillar of cloud like a man's hand and a fire at night. And so when Moses would go into this tent of meeting, the cloud would actually descend down. Come on, somebody. And what did that indicate? That was representative of the hand in the presence of God. The presence of God would come down and fill that place. Watch out, watch out, watch out. Come on. And see, when we come into worship, do you know that's going on? Whether we see it in our natural eyes or not, or see it in our spiritual, when we come in, the Spirit of God is just, man, it's blowing up in here. That's why we feel it. We get the goosebumps. We feel the, we want to lift our hands. We are doing that because we are honoring the presence of God, and those are ways that you honor and you manifest that God's presence is moving in our midst. The wild person who, sh- who, who dances in the Spirit. Awesome, yes. David danced in the Spirit. Then you should dance in the Spirit when you feel the, the Spirit of God leading you that. You're waving flags. Why? Because you're outwardly manifesting and celebrating the presence of the Holy Spirit. The wild person who screams into service because they feel the presence of God. They're not just the awkward, crazy lady or man. They're outwardly expressing that the Master is touching their heart. That they're at master, that they are encountering. They're encountering the presence of God and He's moving upon them. And so for us, when that happens, and I know, listen, I've been there. I've been there when somebody gets weird and you're like, that's too much. (laughs) I've had the side eye and the side conversation. Is that God? I'm sorry, is that God? Not my responsibility to ask. Not my responsibility to determine. Can I see the heart of anyone? Save me, nope. So what do we do? Then we just, listen, let's just get wilder. Come on, somebody. Excuse me, brother, that is not the Baptist answer. (laughs) I'm playing, nobody get mad. If you get mad, just talk to Jesus about it, all right? (laughs) Shake it up with him. I'm playing. All right, where am I at? Verse 9. The pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord, somebody say the Lord, Lord. would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud, clad, uh, he's he's clad in cloud, uh, standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship. Each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. Somebody say face to face. That's the Old Testament. Do you hear? I want somebody to get this in their spirit. This is prior to Jesus going to the cross. This is prior to Jesus praying to the Father to send the Holy Spirit to indwell believers. This is prior to the timber, the tent in the tabernacle and the curtain being ripped from, from bottom to top. This is prior to that. And God still met face to face. Come on, somebody. If this happened in the Old Testament, how much more can we experience in the New Testament with the New Covenant, with the Holy Spirit that now infills believers, with the Holy Spirit that now takes us behind the veil? Oh, it's a big time. This is next level. Okay, but watch this. There's more. You're like, no way. Yes way. As a man speaks to his friend, I love that part, but then the next part. When Moses turned again to the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. I'm going to read that again. Moses would go out, and Joshua would stay. He would stay in the presence of God. Somebody remind me who led the Israelites into the promised land. Come on, somebody. The person who stayed in the presence of God. I'm telling you what. If you want to lead regions, if you want to move mountains, if you want to lead cities and regions in transformation, then it all starts in the presence of the living God. It's not about your ability and and how much you can do. It starts with how much can you soak in to pour out. Oh, man, that's better than the reaction, but I'm still going to preach it hard because I just believe in the fact that the more time you spend with him, the more you've got to give to the world. What would happen if we would allow ourselves to fall in love with God every second of our day? I'm going to drink for dramatic effect. Wow, that was so dramatic. Do it again. Later. What does it look like when time spent with God isn't editable in our daily experience? What if we don't give ourselves permission to edit that? You know how your day has 24 hours? Yeah, everybody here got the same amount of time. You know how you've got to make choices all day long about how you're going to spend your time? So much as Hulu, so much as ESPN, so much as Disney+, Plus, right? Well, there's other things that I actually have to pencil into my day sometimes. And time with God has to be one of those, right? It gets to be, right? But you know what happens sometimes when my day gets harried and it gets rushed or I feel pressed? Guess what I edit from? I mean, Hulu, sure, but also from God. It makes me think, doesn't it? It's not a stone. It's not to be like, oh, you terrible human. It's just like, you know, in the course of everything, you can say, oh God, I'll hit you back. I'll hit you back tonight after I put the kids down. Yeah. That's gonna happen, brother. (laughs) If they go to bed at seven. You're like, my kids do. Good, good. You're more holy than me. No, it's... I'm playing, I'm playing. Okay, you still got your Bibles? Nobody's put them down yet? All right, let's go some more. Let's talk, about, let's talk about more of this because I believe that an encounter with Jesus not only transforms you, but enables you to transform a region, an area, a home, people. The encounter with God is just like the stone dropped in the lake that ripples out for eternity. If you have your Bibles, um, let's jump on down. Let's go to, uh, to, oh man, I wanna do Acts and, let's go, oh, we're gonna skip it. Sorry, maybe second service will get it. Matthew 4. You guys got your Bibles? Go to Matthew 4. Matthew 4, verse 18. We're talking about an encounter with Jesus, changing you to then change an area, to change your region, to change your home. To change your family. How many of you guys know that's where it starts? An encounter with Jesus that doesn't change how you do life with the ones closest to you. I say you need more then. You need more of him. That's where all all revival flows out of. It comes from a source here that impacts me around here. I don't want to be a part of a revival and have a family that's falling apart. Come on, somebody. My family, I'm going to be real on this. My family has to be my gas pedal and my brake. Come on. I don't want to be a pastor or a minister that leads 100,000 to Christ if my family's falling apart and my daughters never know Jesus. If revival does not start under my roof, then I'm missing something valuable in how I'm doing life. Because guess what? They should see, they should see warts and all, but they should see the amount of grace on me more than anyone else. I once heard that your family should see the grace on you more than anyone else. I don't know where I heard it, but it sounded good, so I thought I should say it again. All right, let's go. Where are we at? Matthew 4, 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20. Immediately. Somebody say immediately. Somebody say right away. Somebody say just then they left their nets and followed him. Come on, somebody. They had an encounter with Jesus, and something happened when they met him face to face, and they felt the presence of the living God upon him. They were like, boom, nets gone. I'm just like, wait a minute. You don't even think about like your your IRA or your retirement system or nothing like that. You don't even think about who you're going to call in to to fill your position when your dad's going to have to drop your nets. They were just like, boom. but guess what had happened? They had encountered God. And see, that's that. here's what happens with me sometimes when I'm trying to figure something out. I want to ask about 15 other people, right? So in this situation, what do you think would you should do? Or like, you know, if I'm buying something, like buying a TV or something, I'm going I'm to Google like one, where the best price is, right? Because Oh, boy, oh, boy, does, I, it's, no, I'll filter that off. Okay, oh, boy, I promise to be so proud of me. I just, you guys don't even know. Sorry, there's a story in my head. I can't tell you, though. All right, it defeats my self-control that I'm operating in right now. All right, so, like, I'm going to go, and I'm going to read the reviews, and I'm going to find the best price for the best TV, right? So, like, sometimes we do that with God. We take what we feel like God might be asking us to do, and we, like, we, do, like a, we do like a Fox News poll or a CNN poll. I know, I'm saying, Brr. editing that too. All right, but that's what happens. I start polling what I think should be the best thing to do with my life in God. But you know what happens when you actually go to the source and you let him download what you're supposed to do, you can do? Then you can just drop the net. Come on, somebody. Somebody's been holding on to a net, taking polls for too long, and they just need to ask the source. Yeah. You know what? You've called too many people and emailed and texted enough friends to the point where maybe now you should go to the best friend. It's yeah. a good word. That's free. All right. So these boys just dropped their nets because they had an encounter with him, and then they went and they begin to move mountains with Jesus because they had an encounter. They had an encounter that changed their life. Their encounter, they then took and changed the lives and the regions all around Judea and Galilee, all the way into Jerusalem, all the way beyond. Come on, somebody. Why? Because that's what happens. When you step into an experience with Jesus and then you go from it, man, you're just on fire and just let the fire spread. That's fire. Sorry, I watched Frozen 2 last night with Viv. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting ice hands at you, but It's fire. <laughs> should i pray you want to keep it holy i don't know no all right last scripture we got time you guys ready okay um go to matthew 20 but while you're there i'm gonna tell you one more story so you're going to matthew 20 but i'm telling you a story i love hearing bible pages turn listen i always bring my cell phone unless i'm preaching or i like really feel holy <laughs> i'm playing Sort of, no, but really seriously, I always bring my cell phone and like, but like, I love when you're like preaching or like I'm sitting in in this service and I hear people flipping their Bible pages. I'm like, that is so cool. I love it. All right, that's neither here nor there, but I'm talking about John. That wasn't the story. Don't take that as a story. Here's the story. All right, in John chapter four, Jesus is going. uh, He's you know he's going around doing good, just what Jesus did, and he stops by this well because he's tired, and he's like, I got to take five. All right, been walking. His I don't know. He didn't have the right insole. Doctor Scholes wasn't going on his sandals, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) That's extra biblical. It doesn't say. I'm just. I'm. I'm imposing some thought. My own thought. Well, so he sets down, and this lady comes up, and she's a Samaritan woman, and he's like, "Would you give me a drink? I'm really thirsty." And she's like totally taken aback because she's like, Jews don't talk to Samaritans. There's a story about that, but I don't have time to get in the backstory right now, okay? So anyhow, Jesus then begins to prophesy to her. Come on, somebody. This woman was minding her business, going out to get some water. Maybe she was watering, I don't know. Maybe she had a cow or a camel. Probably a camel if she's in Jerusalem, I'm just saying. Maybe a donkey. All right, so she's up there. It doesn't say what she's watering. Why are we getting hung up on it? All right, but she, she goes over to Jesus, and he starts meeting with her. She has an encounter with the master. He starts to prophesy into her life. All of a sudden she realizes, oh, I perceive you're a prophet. Come on, somebody. Those are the experiences we can have with people. Come on. You can be an encounter with them that points them to heaven by how you roll. I get so busy, sometimes I don't pause to hear Jesus. I want to, right? I want to pause in a way that this lady who was dying in sin, coming up to get some water for who knows what animal, meets with a Savior. Not me, but I point her to Him. So she meets with a Savior, and then guess what happens? She's completely changed. She goes back to her village, and she's like, Come see this man who told me everything. She goes in evangelist on fire style and evangelizes her entire village because of an experience she had with Jesus at a well. Come on, somebody, I believe, I believe that people are going to have an experience with you next to the cosmetics in Walmart, next to the, come on, when you're buying dog food, people are going to have an encounter while you're pumping gas. Come on, somebody, While while you're taking money to put in the bank, while you're going to work and you're sitting at a desk, while you're walking to the water cooler, I believe that God is going to highlight experiences for people and you are going to transform areas. Come on by just giving them an experience with the presence of God. Yeah, you can clap for that. Come on somebody. Last one. This is where we got to land the plane. Woo, my timer just went red. That's all right. I got other time. <laughs> it's like what Jesus said, I, I got time you know not of. <laughs> it's not not accurate, but sort of. Uh. Matthew 20. Verse 29, and as they went out of Jericho, a crowd followed him, and behold, there were two blind men, I love this, I love this one, I was going to say show, and I'm like, we're not watching it, (laughs) I love this show, they were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, hold on, pause, okay, so I don't know how many of you guys know this, but my grandma was blind, all right, my grandma was an amazing human. Not because she was blind, but, I mean, she was, and she was blind. But she had all these tricks about how to do life because she was blind, right? Like, I know how to fill a cup in the dark because of Grandma Betty. She just put her tip of her finger in it, and when she felt liquid, she stopped pouring. All right? I mean, just little stuff. She kept everything in her cabinets the same exact way. And if you moved them around, you you might get cinnamon in your mashed potatoes. (laughs) But that's on you. She went to the same spot. these two blind dudes. And I think about this, because you see like Jesus has gone to town and he would preach, right? And he would move in this crowd. Well, it's not like like when the president comes and they have a motorcade and they know the routes he's going to take and they set up the barricades and they're like, come around. This is where he's going to go. Take your picture, wave your hand. No. Who knew where Jesus was going to walk through that town, right? But these two blind men, and this is part of their, I believe this is part of their desire. They were poised here. They'd never seen the miracles of Jesus, but they'd heard the crumbs. They'd heard the crumbs of Him healing. They'd heard the crumbs of Him radically opening other eyes. They'd heard the crumbs of, of evil spirits cast out, of, of, of people coming to see this man who told them everything. And they were poised along the road. And they hear that Jesus is coming. And guess what they start to do? They start to cry out, Lord, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them. The crowd was like, shut your mouth, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us. Do you see they were poisoned? They didn't know if they were ever going to be around the side of the road when Jesus walks by again. They had heard what he had done for others, and they were like, this is our moment. This is our chance. Let me scream out to him. If I can just get him to notice me, maybe I can see again. If I can just get him to notice me, maybe it can open my heart again. If I can just get him to notice me, maybe I can forgive that person again. If I can just get him to notice me, maybe my lower back won't hurt anymore. Come on, somebody. If I can just get him to notice me, I can stand up straight again. (laughs) If he will just notice me, maybe I can drop the weight of what I've been carrying for years. So here they were, these two blind men, poised in this moment, screaming as loud as they could to the point people were telling them to be quiet. And still they wouldn't because they knew this was their time. 32. And stopping, Jesus called to them and said, what do you want from me? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. Verse 34. And in pity, Jesus touched their eyes and immediately, somebody say immediately, they recovered their sight and followed him they had an experience Jesus broke in and then they dropped it all and said, we're all in for you buddy, will you guys stand with me that's right, do some lunges if you need to don't want too much, though. So I didn't preach that long. Hey, here's where I want to start. I just want to start with people that might not know Jesus, okay? Because here's the deal is that I was there. We all have been there. If you currently know Jesus, that's awesome. Yay, you. Yay, God. But if you are here right now and you've never, you've never invited him into your heart, you've never said, Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner, I've messed up, I need something. I want to take a moment just for you. We want to let you experience the Son of God who came to earth, lived a perfect life, went to a cross, hung, bled, and died so that His blood could cover our sins so that His perfect blood could be the atonement and the sacrifice for us to come near God again. So if you would, will you bow your heads with me? I'm going to invite us all to pray this prayer. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I would just invite you, as you pray this, just open your heart to Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I love you and I need you. I know that I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But I receive your blood, your forgiveness as an atonement, as a forgiveness of my wrongs. I turn from them and I turn to you and I invite you, Jesus.